Welcome to Go Mission, a monthly program on the V Generation podcast designed to highlight amazing accounts of gospel advance and equip you to join Jesus in his Go Mission. Welcome once again to our Go Mission podcast. I'm Mark Gilmore, and sitting with me here today is... Uh, a man who's led a ministry now for a number of years called Make a Timothy Today. And it's Brother Bob Landis, and welcome to our Go Mission podcast. Thank you. Good to have you here uh, with us. And I know you've got a great heart for young people. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> you wouldn't have the ministry that you have if you didn't believe God could touch young people's lives in a significant way. How did God begin to give you that kind of a vision for young people? I guess that starts back in uh, the early days of my conversion and uh, being discipled by a Christian art teacher. Uh, This was back in the 60s. And uh, that man uh, actually discipled me, brought me along uh, in the early years of my life, and um, he was kind of my Paul in the faith, mm-hmm. whereas by he saw that, you know, God could use me. And so he gave me opportunities to travel through his uh, with he had a chalk art team mm-hmm. that he would take out. And uh, he would let some of us young guys go along and we would help him and we would play our instruments and sing. And he would give us opportunities to preach every now and then. And uh, so it was a. Uh, uh, a training preparational type thing that uh, is something that you don't normally get in college. It's kind of like um, you know you're you're just learning how to do things from the from the goodwill of somebody else that sees something in you that you don't even see yourself. Yeah. So you would have been at what age at that I time? Was, I was at that time. That would have been back. I want to say I was about fourteen years old. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, so I was. I got saved when I was twelve in nineteen sixty-five, and uh, so it was at that time that uh, Bill saw me as a, uh, a young person that that God could use, and I was very very thankful for mm-hmm. it. So you were in your mid-teens, mm-hmm. and a man connected to you in that personal way, yeah. drew you into his life and his ministry, and gave you those kind of opportunities. It was. I I, I grew up in a Lutheran church, so uh, if it wasn't for the fact that my mother got saved through mm-hmm. an Oliver Big Green tent revival meeting. Uh, we would have maybe never left the Lutheran church. Yeah, so God saved you out of that really kind of dead religion and brought you into a relationship with himself, but he also brought you into a relationship with someone who loved you and was going to mentor you. Exactly. And I'm thinking, young people, as you're listening, can can, do some of you think of someone who God's brought into your life even now, maybe through a degeneration event, um, through... uh, 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 an outreach. Maybe there's a local church. Maybe there's a youth pastor. And to think about the opportunity, the potential that's in that relationship. And I encourage you young people to draw close to whoever God's putting in your life, because out of that will uh, become um, some amazing life change and opportunity. So God gave you that opportunity, but then you began to turn around and do the same uh, for others. So yes. how did God lead you in that way? Well, it was a number of years later, and um, I know that my wife and I had been very actively involved in our local church, and um, we were asked to take the youth group of our church 
and uh, if we would be willing to work with them. And, and so we agreed to do that. And so in the process of doing all that, uh, we had had uh, some training ourselves uh, about uh, being more than just going out and getting involved, but actually learning how you could learn the Bible and then how you could take the Bible and apply it to your life and how you could see God work in your own life through the applications that are in the Bible. Mm, that's powerful. And uh, so as a result of that, um, we decided to go ahead and um, uh, we had some goals. It was goal-oriented. So uh, we decided to take some mission trips. And, uh, and that was in the early years. It's, this would have been back in the, in the 90s, uh, early, mid-90s. And as we begin to take some mission trips out, uh, the young people had to achieve certain things to qualify to go. So we just didn't throw the fleece out and say, come on, let's go, you go with us, et cetera, whatever. They had to do certain things. They, they had a book that they had to complete, uh, so many verses out of the Bible they were memorizing. So we were trying to get them involved through the scriptures uh, to get them to a point to where they felt like they could be used in a, an effective way. And so we started doing that. And uh, after the first couple, three years of doing that, we began to realize that, you know, we could take this to another level, but we didn't know exactly how to do that. And so uh, I was given some advice about the possibility of um, going and putting something that we were wanting to do as far as getting uh, young people, uh, young people from different churches that would be interested in doing missions and uh, how could we make this work. And so what we did was we uh, went ahead and um, we started getting things put together. We took our first couple, three teams out. And then after we had done that, we had some young people that it looked like God was directing them to go to Christian college someplace. And so, uh, but uh, we had talked to a couple different people about, we thought it would be great if we could uh, start this in a, in a, a little bit larger way. And so we were advised to possibly uh, put what we were wanting to do underneath a mission board. And, of course, we tried to do this. We actually went to a couple different mission boards, and everyone was real excited about this 25, 28 years ago. Uh, but they were saying that uh, underneath their mission board, they really didn't have anything set up at the time to do what we were wanting to do, which was more in the line of youth ministries. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so we were given advice uh, underneath Baptist World Missions a number of years ago uh, from Dr. Fred Mortz and uh, Dr. Jack McClanahan. They said, you need to go ahead and start your own board because that'll be something that you can go ahead and everything can be earmarked underneath what you're wanting to do. And that way you're not under the, the guidelines of, of a mission board that they're looking at overseas missions. Uh, they're looking at uh, the possibility of uh, long-term. And, uh, of course, you're doing short-term mission trips, so that, that doesn't fall under those guidelines. So that's how we actually started this. And so we, my wife and I prayed about this. Uh, we were told to come home and uh, write a number of pastors, uh, men that are in the ministry, and ask them if they would be willing to serve as an accountability board uh, to start our own board uh, that we could have something that would be effective. And uh, so we wrote a number of letters. We had a number of pastors that said uh, we would love to serve 
um, on this board that you're wanting to start. And so that's how it all started off back in 1997. I actually met with Dr. Bob Jones III in his office in 1997. And uh, I, I told him uh, exactly what we were looking at wanting to do. And um, he gave me some unbelievable uh, advice. And so we followed that. And uh, we had no idea what God was going to do other than the fact that we knew that God was going to be doing something. And really, that was a big step of faith, wasn't it? Well, it, it was. <laughs> step out uh, where you'd never been before, but you had a vision in yeah. front of you. And folks encourage you to follow that vision. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the challenges are there, but I love that you stepped out into that vision. And now your ministry is called Make a Timothy Today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why did you call it that? Make a Timothy Today. That's interesting. I've had a number of people said, did you name the, the ministry? I said, no, as a matter of fact, I didn't. I said our ministry was actually named by an Awana missionary from the state of South Carolina. Mm. And uh, he's the one that actually said, why don't you consider uh, MTT, Make a Timothy Today. And so, uh, and we thought, you know, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to produce a generation of Timothys that will go out and will carry the gospel and do what needs to be done to whatever capacity, evangelism, pastorate, missionaries abroad, whatever. And so, uh, and one of the scriptures that we uh, we based that on was that of Second uh, Timothy two two, mm. that says, "In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others." And so, and we realized that that was exactly what we were wanting to do. Our mission teams are much different than many other mission teams that go everywhere. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. How are your mission teams different? I know you've got a boot camp, then you've got your trip. So explain how that works. Okay. Everyone that is accepted, everyone goes through an application process. And, you know, we we have approvals, pastors, uh, several references. And uh, once they are accepted onto a team, then they are told a certain time that uh, they will report uh, for boot camp training, which basically is going to be preparing them for everything that we're going to be doing while we're on the mission field. Now, I, co- you know, I coordinate everything with the missionaries that I know in different countries around the world. So when we go there, it's not a matter of showing up and say, hey, what would you like us to do? Because we already know what we are planning on doing with that particular missionary. Yeah, right, right. Or so, pastor. Right. So you might hear, you know, as a young person here, boot camp and and think, oh, wow, you know, they're going to just put me through the paces. But but what what's so exciting, that's not about, it, yes, you're going to go through the paces, but you're going to be equipped yeah. so that when you show up on the field, you will have practiced yeah. what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You'll actually know what you're going to speak. And yeah. because you've been equipped, you'll be the one doing the ministry. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's unique about this. Yes. Because I have young men that are showing up, they're getting opportunities uh, to preach the gospel. Sometimes they're preaching the gospel in different languages that's being translated. However, everyone learns their, their, their uh, testimony in uh, the language. So we actually have people that come in and do linguistics with us. And the young people are learning how to give their testimony in Portuguese, Spanish, German, uh, perhaps wherever we're going. Uh-huh. And, and some languages are quite d- difficult. Yeah, that you is know? awesome. Some of them, 
you know, would have to be written out phonetically and you might be familiar with, you know, if it's yeah. Spanish or Portuguese, a little more common. But if you're learning phonetically some other Asian language, yeah. you know, it's not easy. It's not. But it's cool. I mean, to me, like I'm not just going to go watch another country. I'm going to go engage another culture, you know, and I'm going to communicate. In, uh, in this way. What's really nice about this, and this just gives you an example. In 1999, I took our very first team that I had ever taken out overseas, and that was to Romania. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was a big team. Uh, you know, I, I don't recommend big teams unless you're equipped to do that. Yeah. But uh, we had 22 on our team. And so uh, we ended up in uh, Elba Iulia, Romania. And our team had really put a lot of effort in. We were fortunate to have a Romanian couple that went with us, but put a lot of effort into learning testimonies. Uh, Just one example of this one young lady, uh, she's about 42 years old now. However, uh, we ran on to her probably about a year and a half, two years ago, and her father's pastoring a little uh, church out in Utah. Mm. And uh, this young lady, when we got a chance to, to chat a little bit, she said, you know, she says, I still remember my testimony in Romanian. And she began to give me her testimony. And now, this is after 20-some years. Yes. And so, but it was so effective. And so, and it, it's just a lot of effort that has to be put into this. So it's more than just pay the money and go someplace and get involved. It's learning how to be effective uh, as a a witness for Christ. You're a missionary, and you're going to give the gospel in whatever way you possibly can. And so, and we know for a fact how this has had a long-reaching effect on people everywhere, all over the world. Who were just under the ministry of these young people. Yes, yeah. And then you participate in your Your story puts my mind back to... A trip I took in 1980, uh, 1989 down to Brazil, and literally there was a phrase I learned to stand on the street corner that would say, aqui esta un convici para você, which here's an invitation for yeah, you. Yeah. And it's still in my brain yeah. from that trip. But, you know, if I had learned more than that, which I didn't, what if I'd learned to give my testimony in yeah. Portuguese? What if I'd learned a little bit more that could have stuck with me? But even the little I did is with me. So so tell me then about these young people who are trained ahead of time in using the language. They're not going to go just kind of watching the professionals do it. Yeah. They're not going to just watch the missionary or the professional, you know, world traveler. They're going to do the ministry. How has this changed their lives? Well, I think because it's put a lot of these young people in a position of leadership that they perhaps would never ever had visioned themselves to be in. And so, obviously, when you go to college, uh, you have a whole new system of life that's being dumped on you, and you're learning so many different things. But when you're going to a different country, you're learning that you have to learn how to adapt Mm -hmm. into where you're going. And so, and to adapt means to perhaps learn how to do some things that perhaps is way outside of your normal realm of living. And uh, so, and we know that it has had an effect on a lot of the young people because after being there and being involved with this, uh, many times we would have our share time at night. Mm -hmm. We would share about, you know, what is God teaching you? What have you learned? 
and uh, and and the comments of you know how frail I am and like it's hard to believe that God can use something as simplistic as this, but yet use it in my life mm. and how I'm able to be effective for Christ. And um, what you learn in the early stages of your life, you'll never forget. Yeah. It'll stay with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very thankful for a man that uh, saw something in me right. that I had no idea back in the 60s of where I would be. I never thought that uh, I would be doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. But sometimes people see things in you and give you opportunities to do things that you don't even know you can do yourself. Yeah. There's that training a method that leads you from modeling, watch someone, to assisting, to to actually do, you know, to doing it yourself, and now you're launched into doing it, and that pattern is what you're really employing. That's one of the uh, things the we're lives. doing. Yes. I mean, because we, uh, when we go out, uh, our ministry has to deal a lot with youth ministries. Mm-hmm. Everything from doing vacation Bible schools to running youth rallies and uh, ministering on the streets. Um, lots of times we've just set up on the street and it played hand chimes. And um, perhaps maybe whilst hand chimes were being played, we had one or two others that were going out and they're passing out tracks or invitational type things, inviting people to come in for a special meeting or something we were going to have. And so uh, the young people get a chance to get a lot of hands-on yes. and plus communication. Yeah, yeah, communication. So, you know, you're, I'm sure your team is willing to do anything that they're asked to do. Yeah. But you're not going just to build a roof or dig a well. You're actually engaging gospel ministry. You're communicating yeah. um, your testimony. And like you said, the Vacation Bible School setting, the youth ministry. Well, probably one of the few organizations that actually have Vacation Bible School for teenagers. Mm -hmm. When we have a VBS, uh, I've had as many as 40 and 50 teenagers show up for Vacation Bible School, and people say, well, are they helping? No, they're showing up to participate. Mm -hmm. Now, we obviously, we gear it different because they are teens, and so we're not going to have it on the same level as you would for the primary, pre-primary, or juniors. However, it's another aspect of outreach ministry. And when you can get some young people that are focused of being able to say, this is uh, a group that I want to be able to have an impact on, mm-hmm. that's where the rubber meets the road. Yes. And we have found this out. As a matter of fact, even over the years, there are young people that have got saved at a vacation Bible school who was a teenager and then ended up God ended up moving them and putting them in a position to where they have now traveled with MTT and they're going around the world and they're giving the gospel. So that whole, the whole process of multiplication starts over and over and over again. So you're, um, what, what age of young people are typical in joining you on your trips? Well, we we usually take, uh, they have to be age of 15 years of age and above. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some ramifications for that because of getting young people. Uh, and their parents have to sign to allow them to be able to go out of the country, etc. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot more uh, detail that has to be taken care of. But uh, we're, we're not just looking for warm bodies. I'm looking for somebody that has a heart to want to serve God's somehow. Yes. So you'll take someone as young as 15, which in my opinion is is kind of young for a team member, mm. but then you'll also take 
college students who yeah. are often a part of your trips. Yeah, as I, well. I had it this past summer. Yes. I mean, you know, it's yes. uh, it's nothing uncommon to have yes. uh, high school students, yeah. you know, but sophomores, what, what did Where did you go? Uh, where did you go this past summer? What was your oh, trip? Oh, this past summer, we, uh, we took a, a trip to Singapore and Malaysia. Mm. And um, I did not realize at the time that we were going to be incorporating another country yeah. in that during that time. But uh, we actually left and we went over to Singapore and then drove on up into Malaysia. We were in Kulang, which is a very, very heavy uh, Muslim, Muslim country. Area. And so, but there is a pastor that's up there that has been in that part of the world over there for about 35, 40 years. And so, and he had started the little church yeah. up in that area. Yeah. So we went in and we were doing a vacation Bible school with children, some children that could not speak English. And so we were we were in a situation where there's a lot of translation work okay. and things like that going on, but we were giving you know teaching the the Bible lessons and everything else and everything was being translated into Malay, and there was a couple different cases where we had Mandarin that it was being translated in it was being translated in Malay, and uh, so you have kids that are coming from different backgrounds. But uh, that we had a chance. Is, yeah, it was great. That's an incredible, bold gospel adventure. Yeah. Now, what other places are typical for you to travel to? Uh, well, we were there. We came home uh, after about five weeks, six weeks, I think we were over there. Then we ended up coming back, and then we took another team, and it went up to eastern Canada. Okay. And so I don't know if you're familiar with uh, that part of the world or not, sure. but uh, there, are, there are a lot of missionaries up there. We actually have some supporting churches up in that area mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So we took a team there with the intentions of doing some vacation Bible schools. Mm-hmm. We were doing youth ministry outreach. And so, um, and then we were just uh, being able to do special services in churches. What other countries? Uh, I know New Zealand. Oh, yeah. We're going to be going to New Zealand this oh, summer yes. and uh, looking forward to being in New Zealand. Um, Africa? No, Africa. Yeah, we've yeah. been in we've been in Ghana, West Africa. Yes. I have two of my Timothys that are pastoring churches in, in uh, they're planning churches in, in uh, Ghana, West Africa. In Ghana. Yeah. And uh, so we have been to... Uh, uh, places over in um, uh, Europe, Romania, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been to England, Scotland, Ireland. Uh, we traveled uh, in New Zealand. We've even we've been to the most southern part of the world, yeah. Invercargill, and that is the most southern part of of uh, inhabited of the, yeah of, of the South Island. Yeah. You say, are there people that live down there? Uh, a few. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's how many trips uh, normally in the course of a year? Uh, we usually take about three trips. Okay. Our, our summer trips are usually uh, our, our teams are a little bit longer because mm-hmm. we spend right. anywhere from four to six, sometimes as much as seven weeks yeah. with a team. Nice. And uh, so we usually have two of those. We do it during the summertime and Christmas because that's when college students, high school students are going to be free. As you think of those who've gone through what your opportunity has can you see that there are folks out even in the mission field presently in their adult life in their ministry life that were touched by what they experienced on trips let me give you an example of one uh in 2002 2003 uh, i had a young man uh that uh, he was married had uh, two little girls and he was attending ambassador baptist college uh, he was there because uh, he had heard a missions presentation from a missionary from New Zealand. And uh, he really felt like, you know, 
that sounds like a really needy place of the world to go to. And so he packed up everything, his family, went to the college. And uh, I met him during a time that we were there recruiting, uh, Missions Emphasis Week. And uh, he, as soon as he saw my display and saw I was going to New Zealand, he kind of lit up. He said, hey, he said, this is what I'm thinking about the possibility of maybe where I may end up going. And so uh, Lewis ended up uh, applying. He traveled with me. He, his wife and uh, their, their children, they were all from up around Maryland. So they all went back to Maryland during the Christmas uh, holiday break, but he ended up going down with me. Mm-hmm. I think what probably changed Lewis's whole mindset was I was holding some meetings in a little town called Turangi, and um, pretty pretty heavy um, uh, Maldi, uh, it's an ethnic group of people mm-hmm. there that lived in that area, but we were heading down for a service, and as we were leaving Telpo and going down that way, uh, they ended up having, there was an accident in that little town of Turangi, and so they had to redirect the traffic. Yes. And so our, uh, you know, our, our van, we decided to go in a, a different route so that we could get to the church we were going to. And in the process of going there, uh, we noticed that there was uh, ambulance and police cars and everything everywhere. And uh, Lewis said to me, he said, stop. He said, stop. He said, hold on a moment. And so Lewis, we pulled off, and Lewis jumped out of the van and he ran over to where there was this man on the ground. And uh, this man was obviously dying. Yeah. Uh, you could tell that he was choking in his own blood. And, uh, but Lewis went ahead, and uh, he tried to give him the gospel and tell him that he needed to be saved, you know, and uh, told him what he needed to do to be able to have eternal life. But right there on the, on the ground, this man died in Lewis's arms. Yes. And right then and there, yeah. I think that's what sealed it for Lewis yes. to realize these people are dying. Somebody's got to take the gospel to them. Yes. And that changed. Now, this missionary I'm telling you about is still in New Zealand today. That's right. Amen. I plan on working with him this summer. And he's a soul winner. He wants to see people come to Christ. God will literally direct circumstances to give someone the experience they need that will change their life. And perhaps make clear a call. Exactly. And I've seen, even in my own life, some folks will say, you know, a missions trip, you know, it's just a trip. People kind of live in a bubble for a couple of weeks and then they return back to life and it's just normal and it doesn't really change their lives. You know, it's just kind of a parenthesis that um, that ends up being almost almost a false experience. What do you say to that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's it's like anything else. Uh, there's a lot of things that happen in our life that change our whole dimension yes. on how we think about what we think. Yes. And so, and God has a way of getting our attention, uh, perhaps in ways that we would never, you know, want to experience, but we do experience them. Mm. And there are a lot of people that are serving on the mission field today, and it was more because of just a perhaps a presentation that they heard, but it was something that God literally put some hands on there and uh, it directed him in a, in a way. I'm thinking of a young man even right here in this week as we're recording this who is on his way to a Central African country and a couple years ago I helped connect him to kind of that region and he visited it and really um, that taste, that moment 
is still guiding and directing his life. Kind of like Jesus who said, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And he took them from village to village, and they got a taste. And all those 12 apostles, those 11 apostles, they were determined, we're leaving Jerusalem. We're not staying. And history is that after about 12 years there in the book of Acts, they were dispersed all over. You know, there's one thing, and I've I've mentioned this before. Uh, You know, the reason why... uh, we have the gospel ourselves today is because there were a few men that heard Jesus command them to take the gospel into all the world. And because those men took serious that very command that Jesus said, you and I have salvation today because it was handed down to handed down and handed down and handed down. And sooner or later, it came, it came three, you know, 360 degree full circle. It came to us at a specific time. And it's because those men took serious the command that Jesus told them Amen. to go into all the world. The gospel begins with go. Amen. And, it does. and we're saved because someone obeyed that command. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I just uh, am thrilled with the vision And in the uh, program notes uh, for this podcast, you'll be able to find a link to Brother Landis's ministry, Make a Timothy Today. And I want to invite those of you listening, click into that uh, website. And if if God directs some of you to join Brother Landis on a trip, get on board. Um, I wholeheartedly recommend uh, this man and his ministry, the opportunity uh, maybe there'll be some other thing you're connecting. Maybe your church is putting together a trip. Maybe you're your, your own youth pastor. Maybe you hear about a V generation uh, trip, or I lead trips myself and um, be led by the Spirit, but jump on board, um, and it'll really uh, change your life. So, uh, Brother Landis, thank you for what you've shared. Remember, the only way to stay at peace in a world of turmoil and uncertainty is to stay on mission with Jesus in his Go Mission. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the The Generation Podcast. If you've been blessed or helped in any way by this episode or any other episodes, please consider sharing what God has done in your life. Your testimony could be exactly what someone else needs to take their own step out of the boat. To share your testimony, please visit thegeneration.org slash testimony. That's T-H-E-E generation.org slash testimony.